From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., Governor Walker avoided the public eye in the week following the election, in which he narrowly lost to Democratic challenger Tony Evers, but late last week, Walker surfaced. He says, quote, we are not going to retreat. The state of Wisconsin is not going to go backwards. He also said he's open to moving the date of Wisconsin's presidential primary in 2020 so that it won't be held on the same day as the state Supreme Court election. Apparently, this would help conservative Justice Daniel Kelly, a Walker appointee who would be up for election to a 10-year term in April of 2020. It looks like this bill would be introduced in a lame duck session next month. How would this help Justice Kelly, and what do you think are the chances of this bill passing? The thinking among Republicans is, is if there's a contested Democratic primary for president 2020, but not on the GOP side, that will lead to higher Democratic turnout. That would make life for General Kelly more difficult in terms of retaining that seat. The idea that's been floated and being talked about right now is about moving the, the presidential primary off of that April ballot into another date. I don't know for sure what the prospects are of doing that bill. Um, I haven't taken a vote count or anything with Republicans, but Governor Walker expressed an openness to it uh, last week. He suggested that it made sense to him to have a partisan race for president on the ballot at the same time as a nonpartisan race, such as the Supreme Court, as well as for county executive, mayor, those kinds of things. That lame duck session was supposed to include a vote in the state Senate on whether to give a $100 million tax break for the Kimberly-Clark Corporation in the Fox Valley in order to save two plants from closing. A public hearing was held last week, but it looks like the Senate doesn't have the votes to pass the bill. What do you think will happen here, and why are some senators, including a few Republicans, so averse to this legislation? No, there are a couple of reasons. One, the price tag. Two, the precedent that it sets. They're offering incentives that are similar to ones that were given to Foxconn to locate a new industry here. They're offering those those same kind of terms to a company to retain jobs. That's to be a first in Wisconsin. Um, if they do this for Kimberly-Clark, who else might they have to do it for? That's been one of the questions. Uh, there are also been questions about, you know, Kimberly-Clark is a international corporation that I think made some $3 billion last year, somewhere in that neck of the woods. They're asking, why do they need this taxpayer money to keep this plant open? I mean, there are a lot of questions like that with the cost. What I don't know is what's going to happen with the bill because it passed the Assembly in February and is now hung up in the Senate where backers have been pushing it, but Republicans have an 1850 majority for the remainder of this year. But they've got at least three members who have said publicly they will not vote for the bill. So that means their best case scenario is they keep the remaining 15 members of that Republican caucus and pick up two Democrats to pass the bill. The bill's fate is uncertain, and I don't know how many Republican votes that they have until they establish that. I don't know how many Democratic votes that they need to get the bill done. The Joint Finance Committee last week approved incoming Governor Tony Evers' transition budget. He requested $94,000 to cover salaries, equipment, supplies, travel, and the like. The panel unanimously approved the request with the session lasting less than a minute. Did you expect there would be some debate and pushback considering the Joint Finance Committee has a Republican majority? No. Uh, the director of the Legislative Fiscal Bureau, which is like the nonpartisan budget arm of the legislature, gave a quick presentation with the costs that were there in 2010 when Governor Walker uh, t- 
took over in 2002 when Governor Doyle took over. And basically, the, the difference was largely inflation. So this is not out of whack with previous transitions. And it was just getting things off, just basically clearing the way for Evers to be able to assemble his team and start moving forward to get his uh, administration up and running. Tony Evers also said last week that he won't resign his position as state school superintendent until he's sworn in as governor in January. Why did he decide to hang on to the position, and do you think it's unusual? Well, we don't often have the uh, DPI superintendent who's in the middle of a term elected governor, so it definitely is unusual in that regard. Um, But what is interesting is that if he resigns now, for example, then Governor Walker would have decisions to make about whether to appoint somebody to hold that office or to call a special election. By waiting until he's sworn in as governor, Tony Evers controls that dynamic. He will decide if he wants to appoint somebody who is going to be um, hold the position until they can face an election, or if he wants to call a special election and leave it open and have it be an open race. So that's all. By doing this, it leaves it up to Evers of how things are going to proceed. And finally, Assembly Democrats last week picked Gordon Hins to lead them again. Under his leadership, Democrats were able to flip only one seat in the Assembly this time, and Hintz has blamed gerrymandering as the reason for such little headway. So why do you think Assembly Democrats were willing to give Gordon Hintz another chance? Well, the rallying cry has been from Democrats, it's the maps. Democrats seem content that the maps were against them this time around. They're sticking with both with Gordon Hintz as the Assembly Minority Leader and Jennifer Schilling as the Senate Minority Leader, and they're trying to move ahead knowing that because Tony Evers won the governor's race, he will be in office barring something crazy happening in 2021 when the new maps are drawn. If it's still a Republican-controlled legislature, they likely won't be able to reach a compromise on a map. That means the court will draw it, and Democrats are banking on the idea that the courts will draw a map much more competitive, much more friendly than the one Republicans did in 2011. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.